0: welcome back everybody to the wall street coach podcast i had a thing for a minute which podcast am i on now <laughs> <laughs> with me kim Ann curtain and lucas peterson how you doing lucas so hey, good how are you I'm doing good doing good just came off recording this steady trade podcast so i was like quick what am i about to say is this <laughs> the right podcast <laughs> Yeah. Uh was good that we had a great episode, uh and and Tim uh, and I talked about uh you know the top mistakes the traders make and uh, Steven Johnson suggested the topic, which was just a great topic. And we went on for a pretty solid hour about it. So that's a really good episode. So if you guys don't know, some of you probably just know me here on this podcast. I am a co-host on the Steady Trade podcast, which is hosted by Stocks to Trade, which is a, a platform for uh, beginner traders and sophisticated traders. Uh, no, they're they're not sponsoring this podcast. I just love them. And I just want to advocate for them because I think Tim Bowen uh, and Stephen Johnson both have a lot to teach new traders and uh, their dedication and their, you know, forthrightness with what actually happens uh, has made already an impact on me uh, and my own quest to become a trader. I'm very uh, interested in becoming one. And while I've only taken one trade so far because I don't have that much time, uh I, it was an incredible experience, and uh, I look forward to more. So, you you know you know the stocks to trade, people. You know steady trade, Lucas. So, what are your yeah. thoughts?
1: Yeah, I've, I've listened to him a lot. It's, go, it's always great, always yeah. fun to listen to you
0: lots of fun lots of fun we have fun on the podcast so if you guys haven't seen that podcast and even if you think you're not interested in trading we talk about so many topics i i just don't know how anybody could not be interested in trading or finance because the world is like informed by it so uh you might be surprised at how fascinating the topic is and i do feel a lot of what we talk about in that podcast actually is you know, again, how you do one thing is how you do everything. What you learn in that podcast about trading is also applicable to life. So I'll be quiet now about the Steady Trade podcast, but I just came off of it. I'm all juiced up, excited about them and what they have to offer and how generous they are. In fact, uh, Tim Bone hosts Instagram Live before the market opens uh, five days a week. That's incredibly helpful to somebody just, you know, getting their feet wet. So big fan of that
1: you host Instagram lives two days a week
0: this is true this is true not every five Tuesday days and a Thursdays.
1: week yeah, yeah but I mean, yours Tuesday are like Thursday. an hour long <laughs>
0: <laughs> well I tried get make them shorter but you know <laughs> once I get rolling I like doing speak coaching so Tuesdays and Thursdays I do uh speed coaching laser coaching for for traders and or for anybody really who wants to just have uh, a place that they have a challenge addressed uh so i hope you guys will join us kim and uh Curtin is without an a on instagram and you guys should come in and lucas sometimes coaches there as well and uh he'll probably do more of that in the future uh as will some of the other coaches on the team so anyway thank you for watching our podcast uh i just you know went off on a little tangent there but today speaking of trading is our topic we're actually going to have a conversation uh all about just the common issues we have seen traders run into Uh, you know lucas and i both have been coaching traders now uh since lucas came on board i've been coaching traders on and off for the past 14 years most of the traders you know to be honest that I initially started to work with were institutional traders, traders in finance, you know, firms, because that's been, you know, the majority of the coaching. My work is focused on finance, uh, C-suite level finance executives uh, and beyond that, obviously. But the day traders, for the most part, even though I had a couple of them through the years, they've really been this past year uh, and a half since my, you know, being a co-host on the Trade podcast, we've seen a huge increase in day traders. And I have to tell you, I've become just this incredible fan of their determination, of their uh, patience, of their discipline. Uh, they are just so courageous and so hardworking. So they, they've really impressed me. And I, and I do think, I don't, I don't know that I had that perspective uh, you know, when I was working in the finance world, like it's shifted because I think I understand what is going on uh, in their methodology. But in my defense, I want to say that Peter Leeds, who is a penny stock teacher and trader, uh, is one of the 50 in my book while transforming wall street and i'm very proud of that and even though i probably um wasn't even conscious of that bias uh i remember when i spoke to who was featured in my book that one or two people gave me pushback about uh not peter himself but just the concept of a a day trader like why are you going to put that in the book and i was like because this is another uh this is another perspective of finance that I think is necessary to include. Besides the fact that Peter is an incredible man of integrity, um, so anyway, it's just fascinating how you know the journey unfolds.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's great. So today we're going to talk about uh, the common issues of for traders.
0: Um, Absolutely, yeah, yeah and. Right. To- The common issues, we have a a slew of them, and we're going to break them down a little bit. Uh, The first one is fear of failure. Uh, We'll talk about that a little bit. Second is fear of missing out. Uh, Three is lack of discipline. Four is lack of proven edge. Uh, Five is greed. And six is ego.
1: Big ones. Oh, where, where should we start?
0: Where <laughs> start should right we start? Okay. Let's we'll
1: start with fear of failure. Okay. Uh, fear of failure, losing money. Yep.
0: yep. Yeah. So have what when you have coached traders, when you you know hear how often do you find that this concept, this fear of failure, is something that they bump into?
1: Um, I think it probably is it's something that develops later on for traders, I think. Um, mm. I would say initially there's you know lack of discipline of a lack of a proven edge um that the fomo but i would say that fear of failure i think is usually like mm, one to two years in once you like know what you're doing that's when it's like I- i've invested this much time and i should be good at this and then you might start slipping into situations that are not within your proven edge how yeah. about you is that yeah. what you've seen
0: yes i mean I think I think it can sometimes haunt people sooner than that. I think it's probably more costly a year or two into it for the sophisticated traders. But I, I see it even with the beginners. You know, even yesterday's Instagram live, uh, one of the traders that we've spoken to before in that room, uh, basically identified that a trade he had taken uh, was not one he he felt regretful about it mm. and he was very ups- angry at himself that he had the loss and so what the conversation came down to ultimately was that he doesn't like to lose like nobody does but <laughs> yeah, right? i just but i just found that those who collapse you know losing with their worthiness or their self-worth that that can start as soon as you start to trade. I I would just caution people, and this is why I think self-awareness is so important as a trader, because if you have certain default settings, they are going to inevitably show up in your trading. It's better to know about them, know about your disposition uh, before you start to trade. So the, the concept of failure, like if you really don't have any comfort with failure, trading is going to be a really painful place for you because you are probably going to lose more times than you win oh yeah definitely (laughs) yeah
1: especially at the beginning um yeah if you're because i I guess it's these in my mind are two different things like fear of losing and fear of failure i'm thinking of like failure as like totally failing as a trader um like if you are afraid of losing you are going to lose so much money in trading if you're just like going to hold on to trades uh because they're working against you. Um, that's, that is something the best, like the best traders that I know, their win rate is like 25%. Um, but they like they hit huge home runs and you shouldn't necessarily be doing that at the beginning. You should figure out, you know, what little things work, sure. and like taking small percentages, but, uh, yeah, those the good traders are good at managing risk. And that is, if you, if you can those ideas as, like cutting a loss as failure, you will you 're not going to make it very far in trading
0: no no, definitely not and and I think the concept of failure like I remember when I first started coaching, they gave us a bumper sticker, which I may have even talked about in another podcast. Uh, they gave us a bumper sticker that had the word failure, and it had confetti and <laughs> celebration and balloons around it, and it was such a juxtaposition of like but failure isn't that the worst thing that could happen and uh and while we were on the Instagram live, somebody uh put in a quote that Sarah Blakely, the creator uh create tricks of Spanx and uh one of the first women billionaires self made billionaires that is out there yeah. uh, she was. Every day when she came home from school, uh, her dad would ask her and her, you know, brother or sister, what had they failed at that day? Like he wanted them to get comfortable with failure, and yeah. I think that's just like it's just a fabulous philosophy for yeah. life. You know, how do you get comfortable with uh, failure? Yeah. And it, and and I, and then within that, of course, there's some subtitles like the concept of fear of losing money, and uh, you know, and then. Looking to underneath that fear too is it shame? Um, I think shame is what everybody's avoiding, and why lose the concept of being so afraid of failure, so afraid of loss is is tied up in that. It's tied up in the shame. Yeah. That's
1: yeah. We're taught we're taught to feel shame for losing. So yeah,
0: yeah. It's yeah. just shocking though. Like think about what would have happened for all of us if we weren't taught that. Like, can you imagine what maybe was possible for all of us? Yeah. If, like, we learn it in our family of origin, we learn it in school, Uh, unless, I mean, I haven't gone through the entire curriculum of like Montessori school or the Waldorf school, but my experience, the limited amount that it is, which I was very fortunate to have a friend back in Brooklyn whose mom had taught Montessori uh, in Asia for many, many years, and she was raising her children under the Montessori kind of way. I'm pretty sure they were also advocates of failure and loss to get comfortable with it. But it's just sad when you think about what we could have been possibly achieving for ourselves if we weren't taught that, you know, there's something to be ashamed of for being wrong. Yeah.
1: It reminds me of, um, we were doing that webinar uh, a couple of weeks ago and, you know, at the beginning of it, you said like, find ways to like low, uh, I forget the way you put it, but, um, low, low impact ways to fail. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, and whatever that is in, in your life where it's like, you just will push yourself to a place where you, where you find your edge and then you just yeah. know it. And like, that's not, a, that's not a bad thing to do that no. Yeah, that's how we grow I think
0: it's how we grow and it's also how we develop the muscle memory uh around discomfort with the discomfort yeah you know it's like what what would be the least costly way you could fail so that you get to see how you handle failure yeah yeah you know But it's, I don't, I I think it's, I think in this crazy kind of world, everything's moving so quickly that it's like, really, Kim, is that what you want me to spend my time doing (laughs) is failing in something? Can I go try for the gold? And I'm like, yes, but you know, if you fail that, that's going to hurt even more. So it's like, build up your muscle strength. Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: exactly.
1: Good. So So don't be afraid to fail. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Don't be afraid to fail or be afraid to fail and prepare accordingly and get, get your muscles ready for failure. So that, you know, I mean, even the concept of muscle fatigue, like I remember doing, um, what is it called? It was like super strength training where you basically took, uh, the, the you would have an assist at pushing the weights out on the machine and the trainer then would let go and, You would have to, you know, you could resist it just until you couldn't resist it. And that was pushing the muscles to failure, almost failure, which was actually what was strengthening you. So that's the metaphor that, you know, I remember even doing that in the gym with the two trainers. And I was like, so convinced I can't hold the weight anymore. And yet there would be my legs holding the weight out. And yeah. I was like, we are so wrong about what our tolerance threshold is. Uh, absolutely. That's what it taught me. That's what uh, that taught me. So, anyway, but shout out to you, Dan Pactor, wherever you are, pure conditioning. <laughs> let's give a shout out to pure conditioning, Dan Pactor, back in New York City. I hope you're doing good. Now, let's talk about fear of missing out. How, how do you interpret fear of missing out, Lucas?
1: Oh boy. That is where like chasing comes into play. And if we're talking about trading, it's like, you know, you watch something take off and it's like, I wanted to be in that. So then you jump in and it's your percentage is way off. And yeah, that's what I see most of the time. How about you?
0: Uh, Yes. I think just the, the like uh, comparing, I mean, I know comparing is kind of different, but I, i Feel the comparing is where fear of missing out starts. Where sure. where traders see other traders online, mm-hmm. and uh, think, "Oh, are they doing better than I'm doing? Are, am I not trading enough or not doing enough uh, to prepare myself to be better?" Mm. That that's where I see the fear of missing out. That they that they have a tendency to com- compare themselves, and then think they're missing out on a different way of treating than somebody perhaps they admire or somebody that they respect and that just kind of, I feel leaves like a bad taste in their mouth with themselves and their own uh, success that that which they already have created seems to go out the window when you get lost in the fear of missing out. So I can
1: definitely see that. I mean, especially yeah, yeah, when you start comparing yourself to, I mean, social media is a it's a bad place if you if you're comparing yourself to people there because people only tell you the good things on social media for the most part, Um, and and you're comparing yourself to like in in most people's cases, especially if you're new to trading, like unrealistic expectations. Um, You know, because you're not to half
0: the story or to yeah. have the story, like you said, they're only sharing the wins, not, you know, but there are some traders who do share their losses and share the pain or the mistakes. And that yeah. to me is so, they, they are the heroes, you know, yeah. the ones that are showing the vulnerable side. Uh, I think that takes a lot of guts to do. it's yeah, so I, important for yeah. reality.
1: Yeah. Especially for, you know, once again, for newer traders, if you can find the people who like, will show you uh, either every trade or especially like losing trades. Cause then it's like, they'll usually like experienced traders will be like, this is where I messed up. Like I'm and I'm happy to have stopped out here because look at what would have happened. If- yep. <laughs> so, uh, yep, yeah. So yeah, you can find those people follow them.
0: They're yeah. Probably sure. the good ones. For sure. Absolutely. They are the good ones. All right. So the concept of lack of discipline, uh, you know, I'm just curious. Like, do you feel lack of discipline is something that plagues the new traders or just the sophisticated ones?
1: I think it can be both, um, depending on the day. I would say it often happens with newer traders, and I think can sometimes uh, join in with like fear of missing out. Like where mm-hmm. you where you do start like um, chasing, you know, uh, something that's already running and you know you shouldn't, but you want to be in it. Um, yeah. And then you break that discipline of getting into it. Or if you look at, if I think about, um, this can be with both you know, uh, experienced and new traders, but the, just like the way your day is structured. And if you like break the discipline of however that structure is and start trading at different times, um, just because you're bored or whatever the reason, if you're breaking the discipline for any reason, I think that you can run into issues. What about yeah. you
0: or have you? Seen yeah. That? Um, I think it's the lack of discipline. It is informed sometimes by that fear of missing out for sure. Just because they want to, uh, they don't want to be left behind. So they don't stick to their specific plan. So the discipline I think is informed by the grass is always greener on the other side. Like, yeah. oh, if only I had done that. Oh, if only I'd done that. And and that commitment to their discipline is just a little bit um it, it feels like it's uh what's the word? It's conditional. Like they're disciplined if XYZ. Sure. Yeah. And so what I'll say to them usually is you and you being disciplined has to be unconditional. Mm-hmm. It has to be uh, you do this, even if it's raining outside, you know, even if you don't want to get out of bed, that is commitment to yourself, your word to yourself, be yeah. a man or woman of your word to yourself. That helps you with the concept of discipline, you know, being able to control that is, is it, it, it's hard if you come from a place of thinking, uh, well, it's okay under these circumstances, like being so committed to what your word is helps alleviate some of that gray area
1: yeah yeah i think that's a good point like if you and some of this ties back into i think uh just like self-awareness and like knowing what your word is right Um, for
0: sure for sure
1: and just sticking to that and believing in it and i think that's a big part of it it's like valuing it and believing in what you what your word is and then dealing like and being responsible for that so
0: yeah for sure Sure, yeah. some of the things that uh you attract under lack of discipline was knowing what to do but not being able to control action come come sometimes from doubting of self uh, unsure of style or pattern when new to trading and raising self awareness to know your tendencies and comfort and styles and I think each of them are kind of their own topic in a way, but the concept of not knowing what to do i think is a is a big one, especially yeah. for new traders you know make sure perhaps with some of what we're speaking about is this even apply to you because look at the beginning how how can you have discipline to something you don't even have yet like you don't even have a plan yet you know yeah so you can't you can't really get mad at yourself for having no discipline when you haven't crafted the discipline or the structure or the template
1: yeah. Which kind of leads us into the next one of uh, lack of proven edge where it's, yes. you know, that's like, how much time have you put in and knowing what your edge is? That's right. Do you have that's an right. edge?
0: That's so. right. And I, and I don't know that you might even like, even now Steven Johnson's been at this for four years. He's realizing that there are certain things around his proven edge that might need to change now. Yeah. So, you know, no matter how sophisticated you are, I think the key here is that there's always another edge you might need to have in your back pocket. One is not enough, probably. It depends on
1: like how far you've, you know, especially for people who just started in the past year. um, Like uh, it, especially like doing patterns, like I primarily do, which is like swinging long breakouts. Um, Everything worked last year and now this year it's, uh, especially the past month, it, I've stopped out of far more uh, oh. trades in the past month than I did last. Like probably in months. Like I had months wow. where there was just nothing stopping out last year, and and then in the uh, the past month, it, it's down to like seventy percent just getting stopped because everything was just like constantly going up because so much money yep. was in the market. But yep,
0: totally. Yeah. So. It's tricky. So lack of proven edge, you know, take the time you need to find your proven edge. Mariana is uh, a recent Tim Sykes millionaire, first female millionaire student. And what she used to describe this was her personality. Like she she has sought out her personality uh, and, and what those that pattern is that she does. She, she knew that there are all these other patterns, but they just didn't fit her temperament. They just didn't fit her kind of a lens of how she got excited. Like she looked for like, what turns me on? What makes me excited? What can what can I wait to see? What do I spot a mile away? Mm-hmm. And that became her proven edge. So I would say, take the time uh, to do that.
1: Yeah, Yeah, you gotta find what works for you more than anything. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, all right. Let's talk a little bit about greed. Oh boy. Yeah. Big one. <laughs> I mean, that's the first thing I bumped into when I took the Mara trade, my yeah, first trade, remember. And that's what I bumped into. So, you know, <laughs> it's the key. It's just recognizing it, people, right. Noticing when that's what's afoot and it always is afoot because we are super triggered about money. Yeah. We're more triggered about money than we are, uh, really on any topic, psychologically. It's the one that's always going to kind of take us, throttle us by the throat. So it's, you know, we, you got to know that it's your disposition. It's, I think, instinct to take more just because it's probably how we survived back in the day on the Serengeti, you know, yeah. <laughs> the more meat we had, the more full we'd be for a few days.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And <laughs> so we, you had to scrape everything off the bone and one thing to remember about trading, like, uh, is you're never going to. I, mean, I guess I shouldn't say never. You might get lucky one time in your life, but you're yeah. never going to hit the. You're never going to bottom tick to top tick or vice versa. Yeah. It's like yeah. it's just impossible to do. And so you just have yeah. to know, grab the grab the the most that you that you can, and that you're comfortable, yeah. and that your plan holds. So
0: yeah, yep. And and to realize that it it does. It just is human nature to not make yourself wrong about it, but to also look at perhaps the variables that inform that. If you're you're greedy, then I see it also. The other side of that coin is you're coming from a place of scarcity. And it could be, and I do see this with new traders, they are coming from a place of scarcity. They've Uh just quit their job because they think they're going to start making money as a trader full-time. And it's like, if you put a metaphor gun to your head, of scarcity, uh, then you are going to even be more controlled by the greed monster as a trader, because now you have to pay your rent with that money that you uh, say that the the market has to give you, but it may not give it to you. So why would you want to put that kind of pressure on yourself?
1: Please don't. Please please don't. don't. Don't don't,
0: and don't, do that. <laughs> don't make I, the greed monster get bigger. He's yeah. fed by that. He <laughs> becomes even 500 times bigger by yeah. that. Yeah, but think, also maybe look at your relationship to money. Like if it isn't because you have to pay your rent, but you're still being influenced by greed, like how much is enough? Have you ever asked yourself that question? You know, that yeah. great story that I've referred to in the past about, you know, Kurt Vonnegut being at a big hedge fund guy's party on the east end of Long Island and, you know, the guy was bragging about all that he had, a private jet, this and that. And look, nothing wrong with those things. Uh, I'm all for that. However, Kurt Vonnegut at that point, you know, the guy was kind of making fun of him, you know, because he, he only wrote, you know, one successful book or, or a handful of successful books. But, you know, look at all these things I have. He was kind of bragging to this guy. And then uh, if it was Kurt Vonnegut or his friends looked at the guy and said, you know, but I'll have something you'll never have. And the man said, what's that? And he said, enough. So what's your enough?
1: Yeah, exactly. Find it
0: out find it out
1: yeah and i would say also if you uh, something that helps you know like we're never going to totally get rid of greed um and i I mean maybe you can i i don't know that i can i guess maybe Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's such Mm -hmm. a it's such an ingrained human motion um but if you can focus on the process and like being in practice i feel like that really helps me um where i'm not thinking about uh, money or getting greedy and even then it's like I'm just trying to execute as best as I can not yeah. Uh, yeah. to like the fullest like yeah I'm not trying to max it out every time I'm just trying to yeah. execute it as best I can and stick to my my discipline
0: so. so that sounds to me like what you've done is you have uh created kind of a uh stanchion between you and that greed monster taking over your trading
1: Yeah, exactly. Put up this big wall.
0: (laughs) And you you keep the separation of church and state. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Which is really smart because I think ultimately we are misguided at thinking we can stop it midstream. Mm -hmm. You know, we can't stop it midstream. Yeah. It will take us over. Yeah. We don't have the ability to catch it because as self-aware as we might be, we still are going to have that instinctive, you know, kind of probably movement towards uh, having more than enough. Uh, I don't know if it's instinctive. I want to maybe take that back. I I think it's taught to us, like the culture, the society, the, the household of origin we grow up in. I'm sure that some places where that scarcity isn't the experience. Like I think to the native, you know, Hawaiians going back in the day, I don't know that they probably ever experienced scarcity because even the way the land was cut, um, you know, they had access to uh, the farming and they had access to the sea for fish, right? They they set it up that way so that everybody had a slice of the whole pie, so to speak. Um, And that, you know, so there probably are cultures where you're not, raised in that scarcity. And I really wonder what would happen for those people if they had that opportunity to be greedy or not. It'd be, be, you know, but everything I've read in neuropsychology or um, uh, the concept of, you know, behavioral economics, it just seems to present us as people that aren't going to always default to greed. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> unfortunately it's <laughs> just unfortunately. be aware of it. it's important to be aware of exactly. it so that exactly. whatever we're aware of we can you know when and you have the awareness then you exactly. can recognize or it put and, the
0: wall up yeah the, the awareness puts you puts up a wall like lucas has put up for himself and his own trader yeah so that he doesn't get kind of it's like sand trap you know so you don't get stuck in the sand trap yeah exactly. all right and then we're going to talk a little bit about ego uh and the difference between capital E-ego, lowercase e-ego, uh, is that those concepts, is that you, have you been exposed to that concept of the capital E-ego, lowercase ego?
1: Yeah, yeah, but why don't, you are far more established in this, so why don't you explain?
0: <laughs> I mean, I just learned it right out of the gate in the coach training classes that we were taking. They were just trying to help us distinguish that sense of higher self versus, you know, base self, the base self that would just be coming from a place of greed more and more and more insatiable ego is the lowercase ego and uh, the higher self kind of best version of yourself is the capital E ego. And I actually think I probably got exposed to this way before even coach training I I took a college psychology course in high school because I was so fascinated with this topic, just Mm -hmm. psychology in general. And I just remember my teacher even then trying to help us identify when our behaviors were being motivated by our higher self, capital E, ego, or if the lowercase ego was at hand or at play or at work. And I feel like we even had a class where we identified behaviors of ourselves that week, that day, that had lent itself to the lowercase e-ego. Uh, and he also, lucky for me, you know, wasn't and wasn't shaming us, wasn't making us wrong, but trying to help us identify what things were in place that facilitate, you know, the, the lowercase e-ego to be driving our vehicle, so to speak. And uh, it was just a really helpful way of being able to see, you know, oh, I noticed that is how I'm operating. That's not the way I want to operate. That's not the place. That's not the way I want to choose to live my life from. So he wanted us to just be conscious of that. Dr. Lamonti, I think that was the yeah. name. I'm Did, pretty excited. <laughs> <that we heard. laughs>
1: Did Dr. Lamonti give you any um, uh, instances or... Uh, advice on how to recognize that or feel that um, when when one was driving or the other?
0: If I recall correctly, his, his technique was just awareness. Like mm-hmm. notice what is he, I think he did give us a distinction. Like you, there will be this, uh, a less, a less, uh, what's the word? attachment when you're coming from your higher self, like when you're coming from the capital E -E ego, you won't be, you'll be able to be more in a place of coming from a place of equanimity, a place of ease. There, there isn't grasping, so to speak. Yeah. Um,
1: that's what, so so I had a similar experience in in a psychology class as well. Um, and they said, or I, I forget exactly how it was put, but basically like with the the lowercase ego is constantly looking for recognition um, and the like the upper ego the our higher self is just existing and like being our best version at all times and doesn't need the recognition
0: yeah beautiful it's really yeah. a really succinct definition i love that it's yeah. so true so true but you know the recognition you know that the lowercase ego wants it's like, I don't want to make it wrong, right? Because it, it thinks that that recognition is what will sustain it. Exactly. Yeah. It just thinks that, oh, if I just get this recognition, then I feel nourished. But the challenge with that is that it is never fully nourished.
1: Mm hmm. Because the lowercase is greedy. <laughs> it,
0: it's, it's greedy, and because, but it's greedy because it never feels nourished with all the accolades in the world. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I do.
0: And it's, you know, because I've been very fortunate to work with a diverse collection of people, I have been able to work with billionaires. I have been able to work with people who are, you know, cutting coupons out to make ends meet. And I can promise you that both of these people can experience, you know, the person cutting coupons can feel incredibly wealthy and the billionaire can feel incredibly coming from a place of complete scarcity. Mm. And I think that, you know, along the way for me and my own journey at the beginning really shocked me. That a yes. billionaire could be coming from a place of not enough. Wow. But that once I really got that, that was an internal place. And that person who had what most would say nothing had seemingly everything because of the internal experience. So that is, you know, early on, I was able to really get, wow, this is all about the internal experience the external is actually not the cause it's the internal that's the cause Mm. on the way life is experienced
1: yeah getting into some some pretty deep stuff here
0: (laughs) pretty deep stuff but all all important because trading is is the most competitive game (laughs) in the world and it's a deep serious game people and Really One of the curious. conversations we have with Steady Trade, you know, Tim Bowen said he sees so many traders not taking it seriously. And I guess, you know, the people that are watching our podcast, some of you guys are sophisticated. And gals, some of you are beginners, but I would just say, take it seriously. Like take the trading you're gonna do, however deep and far and wide you're gonna go. Take it seriously. Pay attention to these common issues because these are these issues repeat themselves no matter how sophisticated a trader are you are. You're gonna still bump into a fear of failure. You're gonna still bump into a fear of missing out. You're gonna still bump into a lack of discipline, perhaps in a new pattern you're learning. You're gonna have an issue with a proven edge, maybe you've learned one. Maybe you've adapted. Maybe now the market has changed, and you need to come up with a different edge, or a better edge, or another edge. Uh, Greed—you're going to have to keep an eye out for that. And your ego—you know—look at the end of the day, they—they they are in conflict with one another. The lowercase e ego and the capital E ego, and you want to just be in tune to when that. Grasping that you described is afoot because it's not going to probably take you down the path you really want. There's going to be a cost, yeah. a hidden cost, perhaps. Sometimes it's not so hidden, <laughs> but sometimes, <laughs> sometimes they're, they're, it is hidden because it's your health, it's your equanimity in your own head, uh, your family, your friends. You know, there's there's could be a lot of different costs. So. Yeah. I would say that's, yeah. that's, that's
1: something you can always do. Um, and I encourage people to do that. I try to do, you know, every day, if not every week is, you know, one, I have a meditation practice, but to like mm. sit and just think about where you're at and what, yeah. how things, how things, how you're feeling, you know, yeah. um, you sent me a, that video the other day. Um, that was really interesting of just the like guy in the, I don't remember they were like in an auditorium and it was basically a meditation. It's just like, close your eyes and just like sit yeah. and just like. Feel whatever it is you're feeling. And if you can do that and just think, like, close your eyes and just think about where you're at in your life, yep. where you're at. And, yep. and I think things will come up that you're not even aware of.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. like giving yourself space to just be yep. and not do so that you can check, just do that check in. Joseph Campbell actually said that every day you need to visit this room. And the yeah. room he was talking about is that inner room, the inner room where the news isn't informing you, uh, you know, where you're not listening to the noise, but you're listening to yourself. What is it that, what do you need, self? Yeah. You know, what, what do you not have enough of, self? How are you feeling, self? You yeah. know?
1: Yeah, you gotta, you gotta take your own temperature sometimes and just I agree. Just see, see where you're maybe pushing too hard and where you're not giving enough attention.
0: Exactly. And to quote one of the most deep and spiritual and philosophical men of all time, Ferris Bueller, (laughs) you got to stop once in a while because life can move very fast and you got to smell those roses. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So maybe awesome. we close there. We that's close perfect. there on if Ferris we're not, Bueller. Yeah, the we're first not philosopher. On Ferris, Ferris Bueller. I don't know what <laughs> well, we're doing. I think, I think that's pretty good. I think Ferris Bueller is he was, I mean, he was a legend to my in my youth. I remember seeing him. <laughs> and I was like, wow, I wish I could be like Ferris Bueller. <laughs> Just a brilliant, brilliant uh it is it is it is truly a very deep movie if you guys haven't seen it a little bit old and it's a classic it and it's just a classic.
1: Classic, funny, but also, yeah, it's there are some pretty profound <laughs> moments in it. So.
0: Pretty profound moments, for sure. Yeah. All right, well, thanks, guys, for listening to us. Uh, please tell us what you think. This is a little bit of a shorter episode today, uh, but hopefully you'll give us comments about whether you like the short episodes do you want them longer. Like, we're probably going to just do what we do because sometimes <laughs> they're going to be long and sometimes they're going to be short, but please weigh in because we do read your comments uh on youtube for sure and if you like what you hear come and uh, give us a review perhaps on itunes or even give us a thumbs up on youtube
1: yeah we got some very fun guests coming up
0: yes we do we do We do. we have a lot of amazing guests and i'm so excited for you guys to meet some of them because well, some of them are people that have been in my life for a long time and influenced me, but some are new friends and uh, I'm very excited to share what they have to teach all of us. So, yeah, and agent. also join us on Instagram live when you can uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays, 4 30 PM Eastern time. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. We'll yeah, say sayonara so. for now. <laughs> Aloha and uh, uh, till next time.
1: This has been the wall street coach podcast with K-Man Curtain. You can find out more about her and her team online at TheWallStreetCoach.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving a five-star review on iTunes. Thank you for listening.